So before I really begin, I really want to uh, clarify what's going on because uh, you probably noticed that there's like two podcasts more or less right back to back. And uh, basically, uh, the the Shazam podcast, when I was talking about Shazam and stuff, that was recorded Sunday. And um, I thought I had published it when, when, I, when I finished, but I just now got a notification on Anchor uh, asking me to publish it. Uh, and then I was like, wait, what? I swear I've done that already. So I published it now, and now I'm doing another podcast, like, right on top of that. So, th- so that was Sunday, and that's also what I was talking about in, in that, that previous podcast, where, uh, Monday I'm gonna be doing this, this, and that, or whatever. Uh, today is Monday, and, uh, I'm recording this one live now. Uh, so that's really what's going on. I, I know, I know some of you are probably confused, uh, if, if you've been, if you've been following me, uh, if you've been following my podcast and you've just seen them back to back, I, I know that that's probably pretty confusing for you, but, uh, that's what happened. That's why that happened. Uh, but anyway, today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about two or three different things, uh, starting with Doom Patrol, because of course I have to start with Doom Patrol. I love Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol, the last Doom Patrol episode, I believe it was episode eight, uh, it was called Danny Patrol, uh, and I, my name is Danny, so that was pretty, I like, I had to make sure I had to see that because that was a pretty cool thing. Um, not, not really, but, uh, I just thought that was kind of funny to be like, oh, it's Danny Street and I'm Danny and I'm going to be talking about Danny Street. Uh, anyway, the episode was pretty good. It was, it had some really funny moments in it. Uh, the, the new Jane, uh, personality that we get to see was, was pretty interesting where she basically can, uh, brainwash people into loving her. Uh, we got to see a little bit of, like, the underground or the tunnels or whatever or whatever it is that, like, Jane goes when she switches between personalities. Uh, we got to kind of see just a tiny bit of that right there at the end of that episode, and I think that was really cool. Uh, and the next episode, uh, I believe it's called Jane Patrol uh, or something to that effect. Um, and the preview that that we get to see on the DC Universe uh, app uh, show uh, seems to show more of that area, more of those tunnels or that that um, labyrinth or that that underground or wherever whatever it's called. We get to, it seems like we're going to get to see more of that. And for some reason, Cliff uh, isn't a robot while he's there. Uh, so what I'm thinking is they're they're going to find a way to like send his mind in into like her underground or something like that. Or maybe they're going to, uh, maybe it's going to be like happening at the same time as other things are happening. And we're basically just going to get to see like what it's like for her living in this environment. And then when someone talks to her, she, that person's like kind of physically there, but not at the same time. Maybe that's what's going to go on with that. But anyway, we'll talk about that once that episode happens. But for now, we're going to talk about Danny Street. So this episode pretty much starts off uh, with this this SWAT team looking people. Uh, one of them goes into this this town, this street uh, that's just kind of like in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and he goes in there and he's like welcomed by like a pile of leaves and then a flag that kind of uh, pans over. Uh, and he starts to like get really welcome here, but he, but we the audience know that he's there to do something uh, negative to it, like, he, we, we, the audience are under the impression that he's there to, like, just basically destroy the place, or infiltrate the place and do something really bad, um, but this place is really, really nice to him, uh, and then, um, 
the the people are talking to him through his earpiece, uh, and uh, he doesn't reply. And then eventually they all try and storm into the street, but the street, the whole street, uh, all the buildings and everything just completely disappear uh, entirely. And then we get back to the the Doom Manor. Uh, everyone's doing their own thing, more or less. <laughs> and um, there, there's a there's a, a a doorbell that or knock on the door or something like that. Uh, Larry and Cyborg go answer it. It's a cake asking them to go to Danny Street because they're looking for Niles. It's like, hey, uh, where's Niles? Come to come to Danny Street or something like that. And so they go to Danny Street. I don't know how they get there. Um, it's not well. No, they they get they get there because there's actual like um, instructions on how to get there on the cake itself. Uh, there's like a little map or whatever. So they go there, and then they learn that the street is kind of like a living street. Uh, where it just gathers people that are like more or less shunned by society, so to speak. Um, it's filled with a lot of drag queens uh, and uh, different people like that. Uh, and uh, the street itself kind of is one of those too. It's it's uh, the street is also kind of like a drag queen. Uh, and then it's 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 kind of it's kind of confusing on whether or not it is, uh, but. Basically, it's a really weird thing, and the the people we get to learn that the people that were trying to infiltrate the street uh, was part of the the uh, bureaucracy of no of normal or something like that, the normal bureaucracy, uh, <clears throat> and their their job, so to speak, is to find abnormal things and either destroy them or make them normal. Uh, and we get to learn a little bit more about Larry's backstory, where he was involved with these people because they found him and were trying to either weaponize him or turn him normal, or they were doing something to him, uh, really cruel experiments uh, and stuff like that. Uh, and so we got to see more of Larry's backstory, which was pretty good. Um, Larry, once again, was basically saying how he didn't want to uh, get involved with... Uh, this superhero thing. He didn't want to be a superhero or whatever. And for some reason, everyone, uh, see in the, in the, the previous episode before this one, uh, Jane showed a painting that, uh, Mr. Nobody basically showed her. Mr. Nobody like showed her, uh, this like possible, possible outcome or something like that. And, uh, the painting showed Cyborg holding one of the characters, I don't remember who it was, and they were dead, and then all the other characters were dead around him. And for some reason in this episode, everyone is basically saying that Cyborg was the one that killed everyone. Um, I'm, I'm not, I, I didn't really see that coming, to be honest. I didn't think that's how they interpreted it. I thought they may have interpreted it as, like, they're all gonna die and Cyborg is gonna be the only one left or something. Uh, because that's kind of what the painting looks like, because in the painting, he's literally screaming at the sky, uh, as if he's, like, as if he's losing, like, as if he just lost everything that he cares about, kind of. Uh, but, but the, the characters didn't really see it that way. They saw it as Cyborg is gonna kill everyone, uh, yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, I'm not gonna say it's weird, but I think I think I think, I think it's really interesting, really. But um, it's I'm very curious to see like what ends up happening with this painting. Is that something that is gonna happen, but not happen at the same time? Maybe this is something that uh, Mister Nobody is gonna do to Cyborg, where um, he's gonna make him see all of this happen, but it's not actually happening, it's not, it's not a real thing, or maybe, uh, again, it could be foreshadowing that, um, uh, Victor's dad, Silas Stone, is going to 
be revealed to be a villain and he's going to be he's going to take complete control of Cyborg uh and use him to kill the Doom Patrol uh or or do something harmful to them so that he can leave the Doom Patrol or something or or something to that effect um it could also potentially be foreshadowing a um a brain thing where the brain comes into the comes into the show uh and he sort of messes with cyborg cybernetics messes with robot man or something to that effect uh and turns them against the rest of the doom patrol uh so those are those are their possibilities of what might be happening with this painting uh that that I've thought of uh, recently uh, but moving on to the rest of the episode, they, they're basically just trying, uh, Larry and, um, Cyborg, they're in Danny Street trying to find a way to get the, the bureaucracy of norm, normality or whatever, uh, the normal bureaucracy, whatever the heck it was called. Uh, they're trying to get them to, uh, stop going after Danny Street and they're trying to basically free Danny Street because Danny Street can jump between locations. Uh, but this bureaucracy, uh, these, these, norm, the, these, bureaucracy of normality or whatever it was called is always finding them they always find a way to find them um and it's 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 making everyone kind of sad in town and because everyone's getting sad danny street is kind of dying um that the characters that one of the characters explained that um uh once the party stops danny street dies uh and the bureaucracy of normal wins uh so we got to keep the party going, and that was kind of the, the thing. They were trying to keep the party going while trying to find a way to basically free Danny Street while also trying to figure out how Danny Street knows Niles. Uh, and Danny Street says, like, okay, I know who he is, but I can't tell you. I'm going to let Niles tell you that story. Uh, they kind of hinted that the street knew uh, Mr. Nobody. Um, uh, towards the end of the episode, Cyborg is given like a comic uh, that I think shares a little bit of the story of uh, basically it's I think the comic that he's given at the end of the episode basically tells uh, Danny Street's origin uh, and maybe tells a little bit more about Mr. Nobody or something. Uh, but we didn't get to see any of that, see what was in the comic really, uh, because they, they only showed like one or two pages of it and it was kind of quick. Um, but... Uh, we also didn't get to see what the characters thought of it or anything because the episode pretty much ended like right after that. Uh, he gets the comic uh, and then Danny Street literally just teleports them back to uh, Doom Manor. Uh, meanwhile, while all of this is happening on Danny Street, uh, Robot Man and uh, Rita, uh, Cliff and Rita, are trying, well, mostly Rita, uh, are just trying to get this new personality of Jane to... Uh, quit doing what she's doing because she's literally hypnotizing this man and, and his family into loving her um so that she can marry him and do just like live a normal life kind of <laughs> but also not because it's like brainwashing uh and Rita tries to stop it because Jane kind of breaks through at the last minute uh not at the last minute but at some point in the episode she kind of breaks through and explains to Rita what's going on that this is a love spell and that she needs to stop this as like as quickly as possible um but what ends up what ends up happening um is Rita ends up getting brainwashed into this too uh and where is Cliff and all this Cliff has been waiting outside the entire time because uh Jane pretty much just said look I, I can't let you in here it's you're too weird you can't you can't come inside so he's been waiting outside there's this weird kid that like comes up to him and like they dance for a while uh I thought that was kind of weird but I didn't I feel like that was there that I feel like that was a little bit more significant than what was let on. I don't know why, but it was it was kind of interesting. Um, anyway, 
the episode ends when um, the, the Larry and Cyborg get sent back to Doom Manor, uh, and then it cuts back to uh, Rita and Robot Man, and uh, he comes inside uh, because they, they let him inside finally. He sees that Jane... Jane's about to get married to this guy, and uh, Cliff is just not having it. He basically was like, look, you can't do this. This is ridiculous. Uh, and um, Jane's personality ends up cutting through at some point, uh, and she tries to kill the guy that she's going to marry. Uh, and then the other personality like comes back in, and uh, she tries to apologize, but that basically broke the spell, so that that family ends up like running away. Uh, but something's wrong with Jane. Jane's just, like, frozen. She's just, like, staring off. Like, she's got, like, a thousand-yard stare, so to speak. And, uh, she's unresponsive, and they're trying to figure it out. And that's kind of how the episode ends. Uh, so the next episode is obviously going to pick up right where that's at. And they're going to try and fix her. Um, while, and also we may learn a little bit more about the comic that Cyborg got. Uh. So that's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see what's going to happen for the next episode. Uh, but moving on from Doom Patrol, I want to talk uh, about Star vs. the Forces of Evil again. Um, because I've seen two more episodes this week. Uh, and they were kind of good. They could have been better, but they were kind of good. Uh, and this goes back to what I what I said previously in, in a previous podcast. Where Star vs. the Forces of Evil is that show where they're kind of doing story, but they're mostly just putting it on the, on, like, the back seat. Uh, so the episodes that I saw was the Blood Moon uh, episode, the Blood Moon Curse, uh, and then the, um, the episode where Ludo, uh, comes back, uh, and is trying to, he, he's trying to rebuild the castle, but then he's, like, scammed out of it, uh, he almost becomes a villain again, but then he is like, no, I'm not gonna be a villain, I'm just gonna take back what's mine, and then he takes back the, the castle because he got scammed out of it. Uh, and then his family ends up, like, moving in there or whatever. Uh, that episode was pretty good. I love how the one that episode... It, it, see, that episode was, again, where it was, like, this kind of contributes to the story, but only if he's used again later. Uh, and it's unclear if he's going to be used again later. Like, uh, the pre, the the um, the ads for this final season kind of made it look like Ludo was going to be another threat where he was just going to be there kind of antagonizing the protagonist throughout the... the, the um, series or not the series but this season or at least different parts in the season um but that's just that doesn't seem like it's going to be the case um which i don't know why it would have been the case anyway come to think of it because she doesn't have the wand anymore eclipse has the wand that's kind of they kind of touched on that too it was like oh ludo can is probably going to go after queen eclipse uh but then he doesn't and he's like i know i'm going to be a good guy now and he ends up becoming a good guy kind of or at least that's what we think, because uh, that's, that's what they showed us. But that episode was good, but again, it's it's hard to say what that's going to do for the story overall. I, I, I do like it, though. Uh, it was a pretty good episode. Um, I can't think of what episode that was paired with, uh, which which probably says how good that episode was. <laughs> um, no, the... Um, no, I, don't, I, really, I really can't think of what episode that was paired with. Um, oh, well, well, let's just talk about the Blood Moon Curse. Blood Moon Curse was a 30-minute special. It was kind of good. It was kind of very anticlimactic. It wasn't, it wasn't really important to the story, though, because it, it, it breaks the curse at the end. Um, so the episode is, like, they're, uh, Marco and Star, they're eating cereal at, like, midnight because they don't want to wake, uh, Meteora up. Um, 
then again, why why are they eating it anywhere near her? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they're they're they have like a romantic dinner kind of setup, but it's not really that way. It's really weird. Um, and then um, uh, they eat the cereal, but then there's like one marshmallow left in the cereal, and then Star like gives it a marshmallow friend, uh, and um, uh, Marco just like absolutely loves that and uh he he doesn't say anything he goes to eclipsa and is like it's happening again where everything she does is just the best thing ever um and uh she basically explains like look there's no spell that's gonna that's gonna fix your 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 emotions here uh she so he's like there's the only way to do this is for uh janna comes in again she's like there but not there is weird i don't i really don't like janna as a character because she's like so unimportant but important at the same time she's she's not there's she's not a character to me she's not a character she's just like hey we don't know how to fix this or what to do next so let's just throw in this random character that always has an idea uh and is also super weird and it just can like appear anywhere in the universe she wants somehow uh that's kind of how her character feels like she has no real character to her other than like she just wants to she's like really really creepy and weird and she can be anywhere in the universe she wants seemingly uh anyway she goes okay let's brainwash you we learned that marco's um uh, well we already knew she's brainwashed him before but uh this time he's like uh, no i can't even like think about uh nachos anymore because of the last time you hypnotized me uh and um so we learn now that he's he doesn't like nachos anymore which he used to be all about that uh anyway um, she basically suggests, like, um, brainwashing him so that he doesn't like Star that way anymore. Uh, and it ends up failing, and she explains that she wasted 14 hours. Uh, so he decides that the only way to, like, fix it is to go to Star and basically explain what's going on. He goes to Star, Tom is there, he ends up explaining what's going on anyway, uh, and then Tom is like, oh yeah, that's because of the Blood Moon. Um, I thought you guys knew that that was, like... I, th I thought you guys knew that that was going on this whole time. Uh, they explained that they didn't. They go to the underworld to try and find the the um, uh, Tom's grandfather who who basically told him about the curse and everything. Uh, then they end up finding out that the curse isn't going to work because they have to go to another blood moon, which ha which can't happen for another 665 years. So then they go to, to the very bottom of the underworld where the, the severing stone is, which can break anything, including um, emotions, curses, what have you. It can cut anything. Uh, and so they go there, they reenact the, the Blood Moon Ball, uh, and the curse is, like, broken or whatever. But throughout this episode, uh, and especially right there at the end, uh, they kind of suggest or hint at the fact that th that they may still kind of like each other or that their, their, their feelings towards each other wasn't just because of the Blood Moon, uh, that, that the Blood Moon was a very huge contributing factor to it, but it may also be because they also just kind of like each other anyway. Um, so there's that. It was kind of hinting at that. And that's what I'm saying is like, there seemed to be no stakes in this episode at all. And that's another thing that, that I've noticed watching this, this show uh, overall is that there's almost never much at stake really. Uh, they, they, they effortlessly get to the underworld and t talk to the grandfather grandfather is like immediately on board and is like okay just do it i'll take you there here's how we can do it uh they get there this this huge tower comes out and it looks like it's going to be this huge battle or whatever but then it's like oh no you just have to like 
get this couch and like put it wherever you have to lift our couch and move our furniture or whatever. And then it's like, oh no, you're supposed to battle to the death. And then it's like a whole, uh, funny scene where they're just like arguing about, oh no, you're supposed to move the couch. No, you're supposed to, uh, fight us to the death or whatever. And then it's neither. Then it becomes neither. And they just move the tower. There's nothing at stake here. Uh, if they fail, there's there's literally nothing at stake. They didn't even be like, okay, if you can't break this curse, uh, your souls will become, like, you'll be ruined forever because you, you will never be together, but you also will never find, I, they didn't even do something like, you'll never find happiness or something, like, um, the, the, it was a curse, but they didn't, it didn't seem like that bad of a curse, to be honest, um, well, it, it's it's kind of bad, but it's also not at the same time. There's no there's the stakes in it are like so small and, and almost insignificant, really, if there's any stakes at all. And they then they get to the severing stone. The 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 grandfather explains that they have to give up the memory of when they first fell in love, uh, and um, so now there's kind of something at stake. But then both the characters are just like, oh, I don't I don't care. That's fine. Like whatever, uh, and they just both do it. And then it's like, okay, so what is the point? And I mean, what is the point? <laughs> Everything, like, they keep trying, I don't know. I, I just kind of don't like the way that Star Wars The Force of Evil is kind of written. Um, I guess that's really my main gripe with it. And uh, because of that, I'm not probably not going to be talking about it much more on this podcast. Um, I'm going to try and finish this series just because this is the final season. And uh, I really kind of do want to see how everything plays out, if any, if it even ends up playing out. Because, like I said, the... Um, this is the, this is this is a really weird show where it, story kind of takes second the the like the back seat take it's it's dealt with second. Um, anyway, um, what else? Okay, the third thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, the uh, season this the season premiere of uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, uh, and is the first two episodes uh, beginning of the end part one and beginning of the end part two. Uh, and this is the final season for this show too, so uh, it's it's kind of sad. It's kind of got mixed emotions to it. Um, Star Wars: The Force of Evil. I, I don't really care if, that this is the last season, but this this show I really care that it's the last season because this show is is pretty good for what it is. Uh, it's not. It doesn't exactly have the best uh, continuity, the best story overall. There's no like overarching plot or anything, but it's a really good slice of life show that has continuity sometimes uh one of the things that i've always loved about the show was that you you can watch a season uh and still have an idea that there's continuity because some episodes kind of matter towards the season finale they they tell a story they they tell continuity um without doing it and it's kind of it's kind of weird but also cool like i think it was season four where they were uh writing in the journal uh where all the characters were writing in the journal at the end of the the episodes uh or something to that effect uh and um there was like six episodes or so where each of the main six got a key uh we didn't know they were keys but we knew they were significant because of they 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 basically just told us flat out that they were significant because they did like a big thing where like a rainbow thing kind of like glazed over it at the end of each episode where they got the key um and that's what i mean by like they're telling they're telling a, a story that has continuity without telling without just doing it like those were slice of life episodes but they had significance towards the season finale which i thought was cool and I, that's what i've always loved about this show uh anyway i also loved how like they can just go from 
zero to a hundred out of nowhere. I mean, like they can be like, oh, it's the most peaceful thing ever to like, it's super actiony, uh, in like life or death situation here. Uh, and that's what, li- that's what Star Wars, the force of evil is kind of missing is like life and death or, or not just necessarily life and death, but stakes. There's nothing at stake. And, and there's a lot, there's usually a lot at stake in, in every other show, even my little pony. Anyway, on to the episodes that I watched. Uh, basically the episode starts out, um, Twilight is running to the, the to Canterlot Castle, even though she can just teleport there. Then she finds out the others were summoned um, at, like immediately by Celestia and Luna. They get there, and Celestia and Luna was like, look, we're going to retire, and we're going to give you guys the throne, and that's going to be that, okay? So, uh, bye. <laughs> uh, we're going to do it in like three days. Twilight freaks out, of course, uh, like she always does when she gets big news. Uh, they, they, um, we get to, we, we get to learn that the other characters call it Twilighting or being Twilight. Uh, so Twilight herself also learns that, uh, she's a verb now. Um, anyway, uh, moving on, uh, they, they, uh, kind of debate on whether or not they're ready or really Twilight debates on whether or not they're ready, but everyone else is like, yeah, we're definitely ready. Uh, Discord's in this episode, like right there, he, he ends up at the castle while they're getting, while they're getting the news. Uh, they, they, the Celestia and Luna tell her that they're going to retire. Uh, and then Discord's there and he's like, so who's going to, who's going to take over? Is it going to be someone tall, dark, and handsome? Is it going to be the Lord of Chaos? And he's basically like trying to insinuate that he wants to be a leader. Uh, and then, um, Celestia and Luna was like, no, it's, it's going to, it's going to be Twilight. And he's like, yeah, sure. Just pick the obvious choice. Uh, anyway, I just, I, I love Discord. Uh, and he was really great in these two episodes. Uh, so he ends up leaving, um, when, when they're, they're trying to free, when, uh, Twilight is freaking out and everything, uh, Discord appears again is like, uh, the, you guys are so predictable. Twilight's freaking out. You're going to try and explain to her that everything's fine, but then she's going to be like, no, it's not all fine. And then, uh, he's basically just making fun of of the show itself because the show kind of does that a lot, uh, which was kind of which is kind of funny, but also it's kind of bad. Like it doesn't mean that um, you you can you can make fun of your show, but that only means that you didn't make your show the best it can be. Uh, you made your show very predictable, uh, and even the characters are aware of it at this point. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on, uh, that we get to learn that. Um, we, we already knew this, but Queen Chrysalis is in the in the forest. She's kind of going really insane. And here's something I thought was kind of weird. Um, she, Starlight is her enemy, right? So, uh, because she's the one that basically um, convinced the, the other character to um, embrace love and, like, share love. Uh, but when she's, like, monologuing to these these logs that have um, uh, changelings carved on them. She explains that she wants to find Twilight and her friends, not Starlight and her friends. And I thought that was kind of weird. I don't know if that was... uh, I don't know why that was what it was. I thought that was kind of weird that she would be saying Twilight instead of Starlight because Starlight is her enemy. Uh, Anyway, she's like monologuing to these logs and then she just disappears in a a cloud of smoke. And I was like, what the hell? Uh, And then it goes to um, this weird circle uh, and then they like summon... um, uh, They summon (laughs) King Sombra and then it's like, oh, okay... This is this is getting this is this is gonna be crazy. Then they go to uh, the uh, Tartarus, and then uh, Lord T Rex and uh, uh, Cozy Glow are there, and then they both disappear in cloud of smoke. And I was like, "Who's doing this?" Like, I thought it would be King Sombra, but 
it's it's clearly not. And then they get to where they're all meeting. Uh, King Sombra is the last one that appears. And then it's like, oh, it's it is King Sombra, is it? Right, what? And then it's revealed to be this other character that we haven't seen yet, uh, called uh, Grogar. I think what his name his name was, and he's revealed to be the first emperor of Equestria who. Um, a long time ago used his power to basically create all kinds of monsters and all kinds of uh darkness basically he was he was he was an evil tyrant of equestria uh and he was the first one he was the first one that that ruled equestria i guess uh and uh, that actually kind of reminded me of something that i had written in, in a long time ago where um the in the legend of brazil series where uh the master of the universe uh ends up like the person that is almost the master of the universe is revealed to be the first master of um earth uh and so it's kind of like the last master of the earth versus the first master of the earth um and and there's like i don't know it, it's kind of reminded me of that because he's he's the first emperor of equestria the first leader of equestria more or less and he was evil uh and that, i just thought that was kind of neat it, it reminded me of that anyway um so that's a notification that's an email go away email so, uh, this episode, uh, is revealed to be like, okay, uh, Grogar is gathering these villains, they're gonna team up to defeat the main six so that they can rule Equestria, uh, together. Uh, Samra is like, no, I can do this without you, and, and the, the Grogar, he's like, okay, well then go do that. Go do that. You, you will lose, uh, if you lose, uh, you can come back, uh, and you have to help, or you can just... If you win, then you win. You get whatever you, you were able to, to get. Uh, and King Sarma was like, well, heck yeah. And he leaves to try and get the um, Crystal Empire. He gets the Crystal Heart and everything. Uh, but then he's easily defeated by Twilight, who goes to get the... Um, Twilight and her friends, who goes to get the Elements of Harmony. They use it to defeat him. But then it's revealed to be a trick where uh, he was he was tricking them so that he could get led to the, um, the, uh, the Tree of Harmony, which... Honestly, probably could have used some guards or something. Anyway, uh, because that place is, like, extremely important to, like, all of Equestria. And it's just, like, just there. You know, it's, it's like, almost not even really hidden. Uh, anyway, he, he, he gets led there by the others. And then he destroys the tree and the elements. Uh, and because of that, the Everfree Forest is attacking Ponyville and spreading. Uh, and then... Uh, that also allows him to basically be invincible because now the elements can't stop him. Uh, he ends up uh, going to Ponyville after trapping the main six and enslaving the, uh, Ponyville uh, and using them to siege Canterlot. Uh, he gets to Canterlot uh, and Celestia and Luna aren't there because they're back in Ponyville uh, because um, they, they end up helping um, Twilight, like, uh, fend off the um, Everfree Forest from invading. Uh, Star, uh, Star Swirl is there too, and and they, we get to see their power, and it's like really powerful. Uh, there's a lot of power in it. Uh, anyway, um, so he gets there, and he sees that Celestia and Luna aren't there, and he's like, they won't even face me. Ha ha! I am that powerful uh, that even the princesses are afraid of me. Uh, and he gets there, he just sits on the throne, or he not really sits on it, but he stands where the thrones are, and he's like, I, I now rule Equestria somehow <laughs> by standing in the throne room. Uh, anyway, uh, so what happens is the main six end up following him there. They battle outside with the... Um, with the people of Ponyville and Canterlot, um, even though they don't have to, uh, they end up like trapping some in, in like nets and stuff like that. Uh, but ultimately they just teleport inside the castle, um, because that's really all they needed to do. Uh, and then, uh, they're being, they're going to be attacked by like 
four or so, uh, I think it was four uh, more people that they knew and they didn't, that were innocent, that they didn't want to hurt. Uh, so they asked Discord for help and Discord was like, well, fine. And then he snaps his fingers a couple times. Uh, some get trapped in ice cream, some get trapped in uh, nets or whatever else. And then uh, they just like waltz right into the throne room and uh, Discord just keeps monologuing about how he really was rooting for the main six to take care of this. But uh, he, he guesses, he's like, I guess I will take care of it though. I was really rooting for you guys. And uh, King Sombra just keeps throwing attack after attack at him and he just keeps snapping his fingers and they like turn into butterflies or they turn into just uh, glitter or they just turn into uh, smoke or they just turn, it just turns into like random things that or confetti or just random things that are completely harmless before it even reaches him uh and then he explains that um fluttershy is his favorite because he explains that every time he, he's praising the main six uh and because of that king summer is like let me hit her and then he, he he throws an attack at her uh and discord jumps in the way and gets hit and uh this i really loved this part because it it, it i don't i don't know what i loved about this part but discord is like defeated and uh Fluttershy is just bawling her eyes out and the other ones are kind of freaking out because uh the Lord of Chaos the most powerful being they know of was defeated by King Samar or seemingly defeated by him they go up to him uh, uh Fluttershy just keeps saying uh, please be okay please be okay uh and then he's like okay I I'm awake but I I'm weak he kind of snaps his fingers uh and like sparks come off but nothing happens and he's like I'm I looks like I'm out of the count and then he just gives a big speech to the others about how um they will uh applejack will always be honest fluttershy will always be kind uh twilight will always be uh magical or always be uh um the symbol of magic or something like that uh and then they they realize that they're they're basically the elements of harmony themselves and so they they basically uh turn towards king sabra and start walking towards him and twilight does this really cool thing where she deflects each of the blasts kind of like how discord was doing it but she just like straights up uh shields it and just destroys the attack basically um and it's done really cool there was one uh one gif and not, uh, it's, it's not it's not a gif in the show obviously but there's one part in that when she's like deflecting attacks that is so good that's animated so well uh that um it, it makes a really good gif uh <laughs> I, just, I really like it um but then they, they they like combine their powers their their element their elements of harmony kind of powers they basically summon it from inside themselves and they they defeat sombra and then we get back to uh grogar or whatever his name was uh and he explains that yep king sombra lost uh let that be a lesson to you guys uh so uh let's do this now let's let's uh work together and we're gonna stop the main six and we're gonna take over the world uh he basically just explains that to him and that's how the episode really ends and this episode was really good because there there was it seemed very hopeless for the main six for almost the entire the entire uh uh two episode special that they did a two two episode season premiere um and they they set up a lot for the series but I'm also, I, I, this is the last season, so I'm really hoping that it does like uh, the other seasons. I really hope it's something similar to like season four. Again, I'm pretty sure it's season four, but it might not be season four. Uh, where there's like six episodes that, six or so episodes, maybe a little bit more, that contribute to that main story where the villains are, are grouping together to like uh, mess with the main six or whatever. Uh, and then like the final season. Uh, not the final season, but the final episodes of the final season deal with that whole thing that was building up to that moment. I really hope they do something like that with this. 
uh, Grogar's plan seems to be to turn the main six against each other or separate them in some way because, of course, um, <laughs> them being together makes them basically invincible because they can defeat anyone if they're together. Um, uh, and so that seems to be his plan. Uh, but I really want to talk about some of the episodes that I really want to see out of this. And um, uh, one of these episodes in particular is, if they don't do it, I'm going to make an entire video about it, of, about a big missed opportunity for the show. Uh, basically, they need... My, 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 I have a whole list uh, on Amino uh, where, uh, of episode ideas that I want to happen for this final season. And one of them is an episode where Scootaloo becomes a villain, uh, at least temporarily, or at least for that one episode or whatever. He becomes... Uh, maybe cursed by an artifact, or something happens to him where, or not him, uh, something happens to her where she's um, t gonna turn on the the other Keen Mark Crusaders and basically be a villain for a, uh, like that one single episode. Uh, and the reason I say that this, I, I really want this episode to happen, and, and why I say this might be a missed opportunity is because they they, they foreshadowed it a couple of times. There's stuff in the comics where. Uh, she's being left out by the other the other two. She's being left out by Apple Bloom and Sweetie Belle, uh, and she kind of she kind of feels bad about it, and because she wants to be part of, of of everything, but her ideas keep just getting shut down, and she's basically ignored for that one or two comic issue uh, that it was. Uh, and then there's an episode uh, in season seven. Which is why I really thought it would happen in season eight, to be honest. But there's an episode in season seven where they're sharing stories about uh, d different pillars, basically that we didn't know they were pillars at the time, but and sharing st different stories and stuff. And um, Scootaloo mentions to um, it might have been Scootaloo, but uh, it was one one of the three cutie markers. <coughs> <coughs> it was one of the three cutie markers that mentioned uh they they couldn't they, they wouldn't know what to think if uh the other two uh became a villain or something like that and i'm pretty sure it was scootaloo who said that um i i i wouldn't know what to do if um you guys turned on me or i turned on you or something like that <clears throat> and i was like oh my god this is definitely foreshadowing scootaloo uh or or their friendship to be split apart uh and like this huge rivalry kind of thing going on I kept thinking to myself, man, that's definitely going to happen in the next season or two. Scootaloo or Sweetie Belle or Apple Bloom are definitely going to become, one of them is definitely going to become a, a, like a mini villain and fight off the other two or even maybe the main six until at the end they, they like get cured or whatever. Uh, I, I It just felt like foreshadowing to it. Uh, and uh, hopefully they do that for this season, but maybe they won't. Uh, anyway... Back to the episode, there was a funny moment when um, the characters were kind of together, even King Sombra. They were talking about, um, Grogar asked them, and how were you all defeated? Uh, how, how, how do the main six always win? Uh, and uh, they, they, they each give like a different answer. T-Rex goes because they cheat. Uh, Queen Chry uh, No, T-Rex says they get lucky. Uh, Chrysalis says they, they cheat. Uh, someone else said something else. And then uh, Cozy Glow goes, well, I'm just a kid, so uh, that's... I I'm just a kid. <laughs> that's that's her excuse is that she's just a kid. So um, was it really that hard to defeat me? <laughs> um, and I, I really loved I really loved that because that's that's that that was actually a really good argument. So like, well, the other two really don't have a very good excuse of how they were defeated because they're like so overpowered. Uh, but then it comes to Co Cozy Glow, who wasn't even that overpowered. She was just really smart and outplayed everyone. Uh, and then she's just like. I'm just a kid. That's how I lost. 
I'm just a kid. I, I, I messed up. <laughs> uh, anyway, and that also reminds me of something that I kept thinking in the back of my head for, for what's going to potentially happen for this season. Um, but uh, Cozy Glow was trying to get T-Rex and Chrysalis and herself to become friends so that they can use that friendship against the, the, um, the main six. Uh, and I kept thinking to myself, there's a couple possibilities that are going to go through with this. I, I, I keep thinking that Cozy Glow is, is trying to mastermind over, uh, Grog, uh, Grogar, where she's going to try and trick him into, uh, losing basically so that she wins instead. Maybe she's trying to trick him into like acquiring his sources of power or something to that effect. It kind of feels like Cozy Glow is trying to trick everyone once again. And, um, I, I kind of hope that's the case, um, uh, like as we get into the series, we might get more hints of it. Uh, as we get uh, as as the final two episodes or so uh, come out, and then uh, we may get a complete. We're obviously going to get an answer on whether or not she is. But I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out that and uh, and like at the season finale, the, the the series finale more or less is that Cozy Glow is going to basically turn on Gro uh, Grogar and basically take his power and then be the one that's more not leading them, but like the one that's responsible for, uh, all of this happening. Uh, maybe she plays them into a certain place. Um, she's a chess master villain for after all. So, uh, I can't, I, I, I really hope that something like this happens, but uh, maybe it won't. And I feel like if it does happen, that's how Grogar is ultimately going to be defeated because Cozy Glow is basically going to trick him, uh, into losing to her. And then she's easily going to be defeated, uh, by the main stakes for, by whatever reason or whatever, whatever case. Um, Something I was kind of half expecting in this episode, in these two episodes, I don't know why, is um, I was kind of half expecting King Sarbar to become a, like a good guy towards the end. Uh, I'm not sure why, um, because that just wouldn't have worked out at all. Uh, but in the comics, he's a good guy. So th that's something I didn't like about uh, these these two episodes or this season so far is that uh, it went against canon in the comics because in the comics, he, he turns into a good guy uh, and basically tries to help... Um, uh, basically, and so trying to help the the Crystal Empire and trying to find Cadence's mother, uh, all all of her tiny little shards, because he it was revealed that she was shattered based by him basically, and he was gonna find all the shards and bring her back, um, and that was basically the last time we've seen Sombra until now, but that happened in the comics, so that's 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 all I'm saying is like that's the only that's my main gripe with this, uh, but anyway. Uh, that's going to do it for this podcast. Uh, don't forget to uh, do all of those wonderful things. You know, share the podcast, like the podcast, follow the podcast. You know, those wonderful things. Uh, and until next time, uh, which will probably be uh, at the, like, next week sometime. Maybe next Monday. I don't know. Anyway, that's it for now. Uh, and see you next time.